podcast My name is Monica Villarroel. Did you catch all that? I did. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. Um, this is Easy with Monica. I think it was probably around maybe 2010 when I started dating my ex at that time. I saw how he was into self-development. He was reading like all these great books and and just doing things that are like good for your soul type of thing like Mm -hmm. and i had never i guess encountered that in my life before and i thought that was pretty cool and and i liked the way he thought and saw things you know it was pretty nice yeah so i just kind of slowly start to get on his level Mm -hmm. in a way i mean obviously at a slower pace but you know i started caring about my body like started running checking out new scenes in the neighborhood whereas before i wasn't really social in la so i was putting myself out there Mm -hmm. the first person that i can think of is a woman named claudia that i met at my first job at edd she was kind of a mentor to me because i think i was 19 or 20 at the time i wasn't even old enough to drink and she was probably my age now and i don't know she was just so wonderful and kind and she would, I mean, we worked in job service, so we had to deal with people constantly, like people coming in who weren't getting their unemployment checks. And yeah. she just had a way with everyone. So much patience and such a huge heart. Like She never turned anyone away. She'd go out of her way to make the process easy for someone. And she would listen to them when they were frustrated, like they didn't get their money because they could they and they couldn't get their prescription. I mean, whatever the situation wow. was, like some people would be kind of annoyed with them. Like you could tell that there were other people who worked at EDD. Yeah. Who were like, oh, like I'm so annoyed with these people, like almost impatient with them and wondering, like, why don't you just get a job? And, you know, as if it was so simple. But but Claudia just had a huge heart mm-hmm. and she was the first person that I ever met who was like that. Man, I. I I want to be more like this person. And yeah. I I think just going through life and meeting people who were so kind and warm and understanding and like just loving how that felt made me want to give that to other people. Yeah, like you just feel kind of inspired to, well, first of all, you're, you kind of see that they're, they're enjoying their life. And I'm like, well, maybe I can enjoy mine better mm-hmm. if I do these things or mm-hmm. let me try it out at least. And yes. so, yeah, I just started to read more and I'm like, well, you know what? If I'm not happy anywhere in my life, mm-hmm. that's my responsibility. Like I have control. I can change that. Mm-hmm. And if I don't, I can't really complain, you know? Did you seek therapy early on or like, I know you're in therapy now. Mm -hmm. Have you done therapy before? Yeah, I did it once before, um, after like big breakup. Yeah. So you, so this therapist right now is your second therapist? Yes. Technically second ever. Mm. And I've been seeing her for maybe like three, four months. So she's she's decent i think nice. we're still getting to know each other um it's kind of hard when you only have like bi-weekly meetings so yeah like twice a month 
I've had like 10 therapists. I've had a lot. I've been wow. I've been going to therapy on and off since college. And what age do you remember? Probably 20. Okay. Probably 20 or 21. I went to go see a therapist on campus and I liked it. I liked I liked talking to her about my stuff and then I was late to one of my meetings and I felt so guilty and I felt like I had disappointed her and she seemed angry with me and then I never went back. I just felt so embarrassed. She did she say she was angry? No. No, I was just storytelling and catastrophizing, which I tend to do. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, and, me too. And I just I went and I was late and I called her. It was it was a mistake. Like I just forgot to set an alarm. And then I realized like, oh, shit, I got to go make that therapy appointment. I was late and we only had like 30 or 20 minutes to talk. And I was oh. apologizing profusely. And she was like, it's OK. Just sit down, take a breath. It's OK. Oh. Um, she was actually really sweet about it. But I felt like. She was a little annoyed because I was late. I just, I just had that feeling. I don't yeah, know how accurate it, it was. Off. I can't go back there, and so I didn't set another appointment. Oh no! You just kind of like, yeah. I just, I, I just stopped going, and then I found another one after college. You ghosted her. I did. I well, not really. Like I didn't. I like it was just one of those things where if you signed up, you got to talk to her. But if not, oh. like you weren't on a schedule with her. Okay. But it was free through the school, which was cool. I mean, I hope they have that oh. now for people. But then I saw another one after college, and she was um, she was really cool. She was an older lady, and she was awesome. I liked her a lot. But then she hurt her back, and. We had to stop talking. She like went on disability. Oh, yeah. And all of all, I mean, all of my therapists except for one have been pretty awesome. I did better help. Have you ever heard of better help? I almost tried it, but no, I have. I mean, have you? I've heard of it. Yes. Okay, so I went on better help and I signed up um, because my boyfriend at the time was like, "You need to go to therapy," and which you know. You need to go to therapy too, but whatever. <laughs> so I went to therapy or I, I went on better help because I was like, well, let me just like, mm -hmm. you know, try and find somebody. And then I went through like three or four of them on there just because like oh. when you, when, at least when I started out, I felt like they were giving me very generic answers. Like it seemed very textbook. Like I would write something up cause it was something where you could write to them Oh, and then they would write back. I think it was a robot. It felt like it. It felt like I would send something and then they would just send this like really long, like kind of textbook response. And it seemed like they weren't even listen or not listening, but they weren't even reading what oh, I was saying. Yeah. And I was kind of oh, like, I was kind of annoyed. So I went through like two or three of those. Uh -huh. And then I found an incredible one. Um, her Not name was Dr. Rhonda. Uh-huh. And she was best therapist i have ever had wow this is um, all on the app this was on the app i was in love with her and then she had to leave i guess the platform told her like that she could know i don't know what happened but i think the platform was taking too big a cut maybe of her whatever oh. her salary was yeah. and i think she was just like nah this is this isn't fair so she left and and then i got really bummed and i quit better help and then I went in Eagle Rock, whose name I don't remember, but we did not hit it off. We, oh. um, 
I just got vibes from her like she was very business. She would always talk about the billing process at the beginning. And then at the end, she'd cut our session off like five minutes prior and be like, "Um, so can I get your PayPal now? And I'd be like, "Ooh, like this doesn't even feel like. I know. I want to feel like we're homies. Ew, yeah. No, that's transactional. I mean, I understand there's a transaction involved. Of course. You sell it to me like, you know, we're friends. Yes. Like, how are you, am I going to direct me to you? your billing department, honey? <laughs> Hire somebody to do that for you or just that's, automate it. Yeah. Automate it so that like you have my credit card on file. As soon as I leave, you just you zap me. That's the opposite of an emotional hard on, right? There. Yes. That is an, em- a, an em- that is a flaccid emotion. <laughs> <laughs> Not pay me for your friendship. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So I didn't like her. And then one day I had to cancel. I think I got sick. And she told me that I had a 24 hour window to cancel. Unless I got sick, then I had a 12 hour window. Mm. I was in between the 24 and the 12. And I told her, I said, you know, I'm so sorry. I'm not feeling well. I won't be able to make our session. And then she's like, just so you know, like I have a $25 fee for when this happens And because it's your first time, I'm going to let you off with a warning. But, you know, for the next one, this will be $25. And I'm like, I read your policy and your policy said that I had 12 hours if I didn't feel well. And I'm at like, I'm I'm letting you know, like 18 hours before. So we should be covered. And I said, and while we're talking about it, I feel like this whole thing is a transaction. My recommendation is that maybe you get yourself a billing department so that you don't have to deal with this stuff because it makes me feel like we don't have a connection. Like Mm -hmm. you don't really even care about what I'm going through. You just care about getting paid. And so I broke up with her. But you told her that? I told her that. I told her that. Did she say anything back? She said, yeah, it's really important for you to feel close to your therapist. And if you don't feel that closeness with me, then yeah, maybe we should just go our separate ways. Mm. Okay. And I said, "You yes, we should. And we will. <laughs> and we did. Um, but Dr. Rhonda was my soulmate, my therapist's soulmate. Mm. She was the best therapist I've ever talked to. And we had like probably 15 amazing sessions before she said, I'm now retiring. Oh. I was heartbroken. Um But I was happy for her, you know, everybody should get to retire. But I honestly, I love this woman so much that I wish that she would just be my grandma and love me forever. We had a very (laughs) emotional last session where she was like, you know, it's really hard, like saying goodbye to my clients because I do feel close to you. And, you know, you're one of my favorites. And and she said all this stuff to me and I cried and I was like. I'm going to miss you. Like I'm and I haven't talked to her since, you know, like she's gone. It's like, it's like you grieve a loss. Yeah, totally. I felt really sad after I had to like end things. Well, that sounds like a breakup, but (laughs) (laughs) my first therapist was just like, all right, I have to, you know, I completed my hours. Like that was it. And I'm like, oh, no. But it, I mean, it was kind of unrealistic because I was driving from L.A. to, to Long Beach mm-hmm. almost every week. So, it, yeah, that probably wasn't necessary. Yeah. And then after that, I was just, I didn't want to find a new therapist in my area. Therapists. It's hard to find good ones. Um, it is. 
And I think sometimes that's why people give up or they think it doesn't work because maybe they go to the wrong one. But it's like, you know, it's like a relationship. Mm -hmm. Your your first relationship isn't always your last relationship. So sometimes you just got to go in, test the waters and be like, "Mm -hmm." sometimes it's a numbers game. (laughs) It is. Yes, you have to date around and find the right therapist. Don't sleep with your therapist. No, don't. I've heard I've never slept with any of my therapists. Um, <laughs> That's not an actual topic we're talking about. I'm just I just want to I want to clear the air. Oh, okay. I have not had <laughs> any kind of relations with any of my therapists, mm. and it will stay that way. <laughs> I think everyone should do therapy. Mm-hmm. Everyone, I think it should be more accessible and if they are like giving us robots on these apps then i hope that it's at least helping someone i don't know we all need to talk to someone else we feel better when we do if we don't have that kind of an outlet this is why all these nightmares in the world are happening i mean i won't go into there but i just i think therapy is very good It's helpful on so many levels, you know, not just romantic relationships or relationships with our parents, other family members, you know, just how one goes through life. There's just so many uses. I agree. I know so many people who are just vehemently opposed to therapy because there is a stigma attached to therapy especially Mm -hmm. for the older generations i feel like they think that if you're going to therapy you have to have something wrong with you yeah there's something wrong with you. yeah like you're not well but i have so many things that i need to vent about sometimes and how can i vent to maybe the person who caused the issue can't vent to them You know, and even if you vent to a friend, you don't always get the validation or the really solid advice that you're looking for. Um, But it seems that like people who go and, you know, professionally know Mm. potentially what is going on with you and have a way of unpacking it for you, Mm -hmm. with you, so that you have some clarity and like maybe even an aha moment where you're like, yeah. oh, like I'm I'm not actually as mad as I thought I was or mm. I'm actually not mad at that person at all. I just, you know, I'm stressed out about work or yeah. maybe my health isn't, you know, exactly where it should be. And so I'm feeling the weight of that and I'm now misdirecting my mm-hmm. feelings or I'm really re- depressed or I have all these repressed feelings that I know I can't talk to anyone else about. Mm-hmm. Like that's what it is. I think that's what a therapist is, like a validator mm-hmm. and we all need a validator of our feelings just of ourselves. When we don't have that, then we just create more problems for ourselves. We're not we don't we're not looking at uh, things in a more positive perspective. Mm -hmm. It affects our whole mood. I think this is relevant to emotional hard-ons because I feel like we can also have emotional hard-ons when we are done with therapy. Like after... We can give ourselves emotional hard-ons. Yes. 
We can. can. Mm -hmm. Emotional hard-ons. A term that we came up with today. Just maybe an hour ago, we came up with the term emotional hard-on. Do you want to describe what the emotional hard-on is? I think an emotional hard-on is when you get an emotional need satisfied most often unexpectedly mm-hmm. which just lights you up with joy inside yes and you just kind of relish in that little bit yeah yes did i describe that well i think you did an excellent job yeah okay yes thank you for saying that um i've had so many therapists recommend journaling to me and i don't always journal but I have been journaling for a lot of my life, Mm -hmm. not realizing how therapeutic it is. I have journals from when I was a kid and I would just write about like, Mm. you know, my day or how I was feeling or what was going on. And the older I get, the more I realize that if I really take pen to paper about how angry I am, how happy I am, Mm. how excited I am what I want out of life like whatever it is that I put on paper I feel almost an instant sense of relief like even if I didn't get to say it to somebody I I let it out like I had my catharsis on paper yeah those feelings exist somewhere now Mm -hmm. and I feel like that can kind of result in an emotional hard-on because or maybe a full orgasm. Full. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, why not? <laughs> sure. You know, and I've gone back to read some of the stuff that I've written in moments of mm-hmm. absolute anguish, but also in some of my highest moments. And and I think to myself, like, wow, I was so strong. Mm. Or wow, I was so down and I don't feel that way anymore. And being able to revisit that, Mm -hmm. it's kind of priceless. Yeah. Do you journal? I'm here and there. I wouldn't say I have like a regular routine, but I guess when I feel it necessary, when when I'm feeling those big feelings or when I just want to really think about something like just be super pensive into it maybe it's it's a big decision that i'm contemplating i don't know but i would go on what i like to call these like mini mental retreats sometimes i've done it like three times in my adult life Mm -hmm. where i just say you know what for this block of time and it could be like a whole half day I'll go somewhere nice, peaceful that I like, like the park with like minimal people bringing my blanket, uh, my headphones, my notebooks, like put my phone on airplane mode, put that away for the whole time and just really reflect on what it is that I want out of life in that moment. And I'll write it out, even if it's in a list format I love lists. And I do too. Just bullets and, you know, be. I was very descriptive about what I wanted. Mm-hmm. And I got a good chance, you know, to reflect on that. And it brought me so much peace, mm-hmm. like knowing that I could do that with myself. Yes. 
I can relate 100%. And I have found that when I write something down about what I want, I almost always get it. Mm. Um, and it's it's kind of crazy to it's like the law of attraction. It is, yeah. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> well, yeah, you're writing it out, you're putting it out there. Like if if you don't have the courage to do that, then then how are you going to get that thing? Yes. Well, most recently, you know, because I quit my job back in December. Mm -hmm. And I spent like the last six months trying to figure out what it is that I wanted to do. I started the blog. I wrote a script. I started the podcast. Like I wanted to explore mm -hmm. all the creative avenues to see where I really fit. I want to know like where, what, where my place yeah. is in the world and what is supposed to make me happy. And, and so many people in my life were rooting for me mm. to do the screenwriting. Like so many people were like, go for it. Like go become a writer's assistant and then eventually become a staff writer. And then, you know, like mm -hmm. making it sound very easy. Yeah. But it's not, it's a, pro it's a whole process and it's me having to start from the bottom and it's me having to give up all this time that I'm, that I'm spending with, you know, people like you, like having a night like this where we're recording a podcast or nights where we go to karaoke or whatever. But the point is that I was having this kind of existential crisis and I thought, where am I supposed to, like, what is my next move? Because mm -hmm. like writing a blog and, and making a podcast, like that's all fun, but it's not going to make me any money. And I also have to be realistic. Like mm -hmm. what's going to pay the bills? Yeah. I can't just be unemployed forever. I can't just, you know, have fun doing a podcast and writing a blog forever. Yeah. I, I rely I just, on your husband's income. Right. Right. Yeah. And so I, I wrote it down in the journal and it wasn't like, this is what I want to do. It was like, make it clear to me what my path is supposed to be. Open my eyes, open mm -hmm. my ears, open my mind to whatever it is that I'm supposed to be doing and, and I'll, I'll do it. Just like put it in front of me and I'll go for it, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And so I, I got this, of course, you know, series listening probably, even though I wrote this down on paper, she's probably listening. <laughs> and then I get this, um, newsletter in my inbox from this author named Mark Manson. Have you heard of him? He, I think so. He That's wrote familiar. a book called The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Okay. Yeah. He has an online, he has a big online presence. He has an Instagram and he also has like, it's called the like university. I, I wish I could tell you exactly <laughs> what it's called, but he has like a little online university where he um, does like these virtual courses Okay. on things like how to determine your destiny how to mend relationships in your life mm -hmm. um how to discover yeah. yourself kind of thing a lot of influencers have that nowadays it's like they have their own courses yes and he's incredible this guy mm -hmm. and he the most recent course oh my god I, I wish i could remember what it was called but i'm doing it right now and he talks about how the formula for happiness is three things Freedom, healthy relationships, and good health. 
And freedom can mean whatever you want it to mean. Like, is it freedom to do what mm-hmm. you please? Is it financial yeah. freedom? Is it the freedom to be yourself? Like, whatever that means for you. And then harmonious relationships, which, you know, is obvious. And then good health, which is also obvious. And so I started to think about that. And I was like, what do I want? Like, what do I want out of life? And I realized, like, I want time with the people that I love. Mm -hmm. That is the ultimate goal. And I think the reason that sometimes I want to pursue things like that, that make a lot of money is because I just want to have maybe a bigger place so that I could share it with more people. And every, like, no matter which route I go in my mind for what I want to do, it ends with me being like, I just want to be able to be around people. I realized that I just want like a job that is chill and that pays me a decent amount of money so that I can have work life balance. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a job presented itself recently. It's part time. It pays well. And I get to still do this. Like, yeah. It's that's perfect. It is perfect. And all just kind of came together after I was like, please just show me. And now I feel <laughs> I feel really content. I'm I'm nice. so excited and I feel like For the first time in the last six months, life is starting to make sense again. Mm -hmm. This is my new beginning. Yes. Well, first off, congratulations. Thank you. Again. Thank you. Because you deserve all this. Thank you. That's so nice. We all deserve all this. Yes. Yes. We deserve what we put out into the world. You give me really fair feedback. Really? I think so. Yeah, I think that I'm a Libra. I I know. (laughs) I don't know what that means, but I believe you. I know that if I come to you with an issue that you're going to be honest with me in a very tactful way, like you're not going to make me feel bad, but you're going to make me think and you're going to ask me for examples and you're going to be fair in the way that I would be fair to you. You you're open and you're willing to listen and you never make me feel like I overshared or I undershared. Mm. And I love that about you. As I'm hearing you describe like how I make you feel when you share, talk to me, I feel a lot of those things because I see that we have all these similarities between us and, and it makes me feel like I'm kind of like, Talking to myself, treating myself or listening or giving myself advice. I don't know. It's like we are a lot of our issues like we resonate on. Mm -hmm. So I think that's just what makes it so easy because you don't make me feel judged. Also, when I share with you, you're just very good at validating people. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's something that I really admire about you. Thank you. I... I feel the same way about you. I feel like you make me feel very validated. I think we just professed our love on air. (laughs) I think it just happened. I think that we both really value um, harmonious relationships. Yes. Yeah. Well, it has been an honor and a privilege. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for coming on the podcast. 
Thank you uh, for having me. <laughs> yes. This this has been an emotional hard on. It's been my pleasure. <laughs> I think I think that the pleasure's been mine. Hit Both. The, <laughs> hit the record button before we say anything else okay, that's okay. embarrassing. <laughs> Podcast.